I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. Don't tell the other podcasts. I should go. So, a little update on a band we're very dear close friends with. Um, you may have heard of them, uh, Smash Mouth. Yeah. Um, now, the reasonings, of course, are very unfortunate, and I, for one, am not going to necessarily make fun of anybody's health. I guess Smash Mouth now has a new singer, which I didn't know this at first. Um, maybe like you're you were aware of them, but it's a pretty big deal. I'm surprised it didn't make more news. But yeah, it was announced that the new singer of Smash Mouth is Murph. <laughs> Murph. <laughs> which um, before we cut to the theme song, I just have one question to ask. Can we get unblocked, please? I was walking with the ghost. I was walking with a Murph. <laughs> <laughs> Murph needs a theme song. The branding is terrifying. Uh, uh-huh. Looks like it's going semi-viral. I'm not sure how quickly it's going to pick up steam, but I think it's, it's got some legs. <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Two legs. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. If Murph is not giving off Bagel Bites energy, I don't know what is. Like, that theme song better go hard. I want there to be a commercial, like, these kids, like, in a backyard, almost like laser tag, but at, mm-hmm. like, a cookout kind of vibe. And, you know, they're like, all right, cool, we go to the left, go right. The kids from across the street, they always beat us, but we got a secret weapon. So they're ready about to go off kids are like they're getting tagged so there's one kid left he's getting surrounded next you know who comes in the frame it's murph but instead of it being like this intense music it's like michelle branches breathe <laughs> and it's like the slow motion he's got like the nerf like that gatling gun like the old one he's at the stand and he's like D-d-d-d-d-d. if i just breathe and it's just like <laughs> the kids getting tagged and like you know then like you know neighbor kids win and like murph tries to hoist the kid on their shoulders but it's murph so they're not really solid and they kind of yeah. get absorbed <laughs> and just as like the hand gets sucked in it cuts into like all black it's murph or nothing <laughs> the michelle branch is a good a good turn to bevy expectations because you you would think you'd be expecting like crossfire music yeah but i feel like if something like murph were to appear you have to throw them off. Like, it's all mental. Of course, you'd expect something, like, intense. But if you saw this eldritch horror of Lovecraftian proportions popping up with a giant gun to your family cookout, and you just hear Michelle Branch blasting, you will have no idea what happened during or after. You will need a solid week to recover from that. Praise Murph. <laughs> Praise Murph. Oh my god, if you're still listening, hi, we're talking like a team. <laughs> the podcast where the we podcast where we have, have a tendency, tendency <laughs> sorry. To talk about we have a tendency to talk about murph. <laughs> <laughs> oh I god. am the spirit room. And I am teenage dirtbag. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh man. So Ashley had See, and at first it felt retaliatory only because I subjected her to more Power Rangers content uh, for two episodes straight. But in the end, I, I was so down for this once I saw what we were talking about. Yeah. We actually wanted to do something like this for a very long time. So I'm so glad this list came up when it did. So I honestly should thank you instead of grumbling angrily like I did last episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I still, I still think, I don't know if it's... <sighs> words um i still think we at some point will probably do our own sort of adult alternative appreciation episode yeah because dude took out all the good stuff yeah because they took out all the good shit like there's 
there's not a toad the wet sprocket song to be found on this list and that hurts my whole heart crazy life come down like oh my god hell even like i okay and maybe this is blasphemy because i know you're a huge beatles fan but i really did love their cover of hey bulldog yeah it's good (laughs) okay cool all right So last episode, we started talking, we started going through the list of the top 50 minivan rock songs as compiled by Billboard.com. So, you know, do with that what you will. (laughs) (laughs) So we got to 34, which I don't know about you. I fucking love this song. I love this album. I love this video. (laughs) The video of Teenage Dirtbag, and okay, so the whole premise is, here's this guy who's like, the dork is like, I like Iron Maiden, and you know, this is girl who, this guy is like, drives an IROC and brings a gun to school, which, okay, you know, now, yeah, no jokes, <laughs> like, that's like, oh, you could have left yes. that one out, y'all. Well, and isn't that Jason Biggs in this video? Jason Biggs is, at this time, like, he's riding high, he's got that american pie money and then this was off of loser was the movie which was like american pie but not yeah essentially the same thing just different coat of paint (laughs) (laughs) what's funny to me though about the video was like his love interest is mina savari and in my head i'm like no you like michelle (laughs) mina savari's with oz you're cheating (laughs) like this is infidelity what are you you what are y'all doing Get Willow. Get Willow in here. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I get it. Of course, Mina Safari is also riding high. Yeah. This is around the time when America Beauty had come out. Wasn't she in Pleasantville, or did I make that up? Uh, That's a different blonde lady. Oh. I think. Uh, oh, that was me... Reese Witherspoon. Excuse me. Yes. Also huge at this time. Cruel Intentions. Holy shit. Like, yeah. I mean, that's only one of the movies she was in mad blonde ladies are like tearing it up in this era but yeah that was the one thing with the video that just threw me off was like whoa hold up this is not the 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 couple this is american pie infidelity i don't know i was trying to work in a pun i couldn't do it well and like for me i'm like these are like real ass actors like these are real people that i i as a you know 12 year old nerd know who they are like that's wild but I always thought the pull was kind of funny to me because a lot of the symptoms around this Iron Maiden concert, and it's this very sweet, heart-on-your-sleeve song. It's like, oh, yeah, of course I'll go with you. And I just imagine Jason Biggs and Mina Safari throwing up horns and, like, <laughs> screaming along to, like, Number of the Beast. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> oh, man. So funny. I, I don't know. It's weird that this is minivan rock, considering at the time which just came out, like... This is feeling pensive on a school bus rock. Well, and for me, like, this is a song that, yeah, if it's a few years later, but, like, this is, like, teenage girls driving in a Camry rock (laughs) to me, because that's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm here for it. I had a friend who started off many a mixed CD around this time with Truffles by Weedus. Oh, that's a good intro track. Yeah, it's it, it's a good vibe. <laughs> so, like to me, like that's always like it's hilariously enough. Weedus will always be like my one of my like teenage dirtbag bands. So, love them. They're great. Good job. Next is Fuel. I loved this band. This album's great. Uh, so they have Shimmer on here. They didn't put Hemorrhage, which is the obvious answer. You're right. Hemorrhage was the bigger, I think, crossover song. Yeah. But on like alternative rock radio, if it wasn't Shimmer or the Foo Fighters, like it, it didn't get played. <laughs> and I say that as a lover of both of those bands, but like Shimmer was, and of course, grade school, seventh, eighth grade, madly in love with. For some reason, this song was like, I was like, oh, my God, I know exactly how you feel. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You're just (laughs) upset that she wasn't the first one to sign your yearbook. And you were just bummed out that she didn't say keep in touch. That's right. You're just a kid and life is a nightmare. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I woke up it was seven and waited to the eleven. <laughs> the next one is perfect. <laughs> so Barry Naked Ladies is one of those bands that like I I love them. I love them so much and the main reason I love them so as much as I do is because my mom does. Like they're like one of my mom's like legitimate favorite bands and it's just it just makes me smile. <laughs> and knowing what I know of your mom, that's like the perfect band. It tracks, yeah. <laughs> She's a little bit of a goober. I really like this song. Like one week is fine, whatever. I, I it's one of those where I've heard it too many times, but like Pinch Me is such a good song. Yeah, this is such a good track. It's like, it's fun, but also just hella melancholy, but that's just me. Yeah. It's a very, like, sweet and kind of sad song that also has an underwear joke in it. I think I told this on a previous episode, but we went and saw them. They were touring when Ben Folds 5 reunited. Nice. So we saw them. We stayed through... I think we left when they started playing the Big Bang Theory song, honestly. It's not their fault. No, it's not their fault. But my God, miss me with all that. It's not their fault. Yeah, well, because that song happened before the show happened. Like, that song was just happened to be one of their songs that got used for this show. And I am happy that it put money in their pockets because they're good dudes. They had a behind the music episode. um, And I know one of them has like dealt with cancer and, and different things. And like, they seem to be like legitimately good lads. So excited that they made money from that, but that show sucks. And we're going to move on to something else that sucks. Uh, John Mayer. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't need to go through all that. Just Google John Mayer, Holly Robinson, Pete, and you'll figure it all out. Yeah. John Mayer sucks. And that's a shame because prior to that, I was a very big fan of John Mayer. Yeah. With that said, though, I mean, great guitar player, you know, good talent. And for a time, like, what was the one song, um, that, like, the really big one? Is it the the Run Through the Halls of the High School one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, I think it was called The Real World. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. Not so much, not the full band version. I feel like it lost something in translation, but the acoustic version of that song I thought was uh, very well done. But yeah, that was prior to all the other bullshit. And and I mean, yes, people have said and done far worse, but it was just such a weird thing that was said on the record. Like, you could have just went our whole lives without knowing any of that. Yeah. And also, the real world should be on this list, not clarity. But anyway, Agreed. that's all I got to say. F this dude. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man, this next song. This next song was a cultural moment. So we're talking about Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. This soundtrack, man, the City of Angels soundtrack. I feel like that movie didn't do that well, but that Mm-mm. soundtrack like had a stranglehold on like pop music for a good like six or seven months around its release. That is an episode, right? Oh, hell yeah. Let's fucking go. I just want to talk about Alanis Morissette's Uninvited for like an hour. Yeah. But this song, this should be number one. With a bullet. Try to go anywhere during this era and not hear the song. I I defy you. Like, to find some (laughs) place, go to a bingo hall, go to like a church. They'll find a way to work it into the sermon. Like, it's... (laughs) They'll change the title, like, you know, turn turn the page 200 in your handle for a city of angels. Like, that's not what the song is. <laughs> By I, Rod Butterfly. <laughs> Wait, this sounds like rock and or roll. <laughs> so, like, what else could you say? This song was just everything, and it's so good. Now, it also made and broke Google Goo Dolls' career, because Eileen and yeah. I, shout out to Latina Nerd, we had, we went hours talking about Goo Goo Dolls because she's like you're definitely more into like rock era Goo Goo Dolls I'm like hell yeah but once this song came out and I was like oh we're not getting them back at all no and that album also like Dizzy Up the Girl it's so fucking good it's really good I think it's the I think it came out after this I really liked Black Balloon I think that was a single after that which is really good too it was really good but it like just didn't get that much play it's a shame. Yeah. I mean, all the singles on that album were killer. Yeah. 
Because it's like Black Balloon, Broadway, Slide. Oh yeah, my God, Slide. Slide's, slide's so good. I think, spoiler alert, I think Slide is farther up this list. This song, like, if you spend 25 minutes in a JCPenney today, uh, June 17th, 2022, you'll probably still hear this song. Uh, spoiler, I was walking through a JCPenney today and I heard it. <laughs> there you go, can't confirm. Yep. It's like, I'm Murph, I swear I heard this. <laughs> this next song, I love. I don't remember hearing it much on the radio, but I do love it. I love Liz Fair. This album's great. Single's fun. She's so good. Love her. Agreed. Though I'd like to apologize to former me, who was mad gatekeepy about Liz Fair, because I was very much like a white chocolate space egg. You know, yeah, and Guyville, Liz Fair. So when this album came out, it felt like a betrayal. And I realized, Adrian, you need to grow up. It doesn't matter. People need to pay their fucking bills. And uh-huh. the song still slaps. So former <laughs> me, shut up. Enjoy the music, please. Hell yeah. This next band. I can't talk about this song without getting like really emotional. This shit is such a fucking good song. So out of all of the 90s bands to 90s band I think Fastball is my favorite. I love Fastball so much. Out of My Head is such a good song. It's interesting. This song is like structured really interestingly in that like it has a verse and then it's like a verse and then chorus and then we get that little organ solo and then we get more chorus and then we get another solo and then we get more chorus and that's it. There's no, like, real, like, second verse. There's no bridge. It's not structured like a normal average pop song, but it still rules and is good, and I love Fastball. That is all. The Way was, like, the really big hit, and it's not a bad song, but between Out of My Head and, like, Fire Escape. Yeah. They did pop alternative rock so well. And, like, did it reinvent the wheel in terms of being revolutionary? Maybe not, but it was solid, and it was tight, and it was so well-crafted. And I I just hate that other bands who I honestly like yeah. just as much, but I feel like coming from sheer musicianship and lyrics, is like they should have had a much bigger career, and I'm still really bummed out about that. Yeah. Tony Scalzo, their lead singer, his voice is amazing. Love Love, love, love. <laughs> so, when I was a wee lass living my wee lass life, I was obsessed with Jewel for a little bit. And it was the Jewel album that everyone had. Was it uh, Pieces of You? Yeah, that one. I had the album. I was obsessed with it. I listened to it constantly for a bit. And then I put it away. And I moved on because this is 2001. I was doing pop punk shit around that time. And my brother, bless his soul. Um, <laughs> so I want I think my mom took him to Best Buy to buy me a present or something. He bought me a, a, a CD for Christmas and he bought me this jewel CD. And I remember he gave it to me and I probably did not react appropriately. So like apologies to my brother. um Uh where i probably didn't seem super excited about it and then i got around to listening to it and it was really good i really liked it i had listened the fuck out of it for a really long time so i love this song (laughs) no but that's really sweet and it's a really good song really good album and i think this is probably the last jewel album that i think i actively Listen remember to. listening to yeah the later stuff was cool but i it was definitely a different vibe and i just wasn't really with it but yet that's another artist who did so much for music not even just in that time but just in general like mm-hmm. we'll be talking about this for ages it's so good and even every time i still hear the song i've never heard standing still and been like oh this again yeah I did a re-listen of this album during lockdown, and it doesn't hit with me the same way that it did. I remember thinking back in 2001, I was, you know, what, 14. I remember thinking that Jewel was very, like, prolific and deep, and 
it's definitely not as deep as I thought it was, like now as a, a grown ass adult. But a lot of the songs are still very fun. I still really like this song. I think it's one of the best off of that album, so I understand why they made it the single. The earlier albums, I think, were Jewel at her best, and not in a way like as if the other stuff wasn't, but it was definitely that situation, and this happens with a lot of artists, regardless of genre or whatever. You know, sometimes those first handful of albums are like, dumping your purse out, but not in like a negative way, but it's really mm-hmm. just working through everything. Because once you get to like Foolish Games Jewel, yeah. where you're like, oof, this shit hit a little different <laughs> so, so when you get to like this way jewel yeah my my hands are small it's just one of those where, like okay i get it you've small hands and i get that it's a metaphor but like still look that song went hard at youth group all right don't, don't <laughs> shout out, i don't even think i don't know if anybody from my youth group still listens but shout out to y'all i miss y'all so much Honestly, looking back, some of the best times of my life at a time which was most tumultuous, but that song had big youth group weekend retreat vibes. Yeah. <laughs> the next song is the next song is the Ashley Simpson song. I kind of don't want to talk about Ashley Simpson. <laughs> Actually, I'm cutting that out. Don't don't keep that in. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um so <laughs> I I'll, no, I gotta give her, her props. All right, so I got to just say this one thing, and I'm sorry. I know I just said I don't want to talk about this song, (laughs) but then looking back, something about this song, and I know a lot of what we do on this podcast is like processing a lot of stuff in our youth and adolescence and stuff. Yeah. I didn't realize how many people, like especially like other black people, Mm -hmm. fuck so heavily with Ashley Simpson. I feel like for a time especially from what i've seen like on my feeds because i think for some reason she came up again in some sort of like thread or some like prompts mm-hmm. i feel like you don't get to because a lot of Paramore's fan base i was just gonna say the same thing she was really marketed as like the proto Haley williams there for a little bit and not for nothing it worked because she kind of was yeah and it's a shame because I only say this because I'm not, am I a big Ashley Simpson fan? No, not at all. Nah. But I know I can name them by name, mad dudes who have done things deliberately or accidental that should have tanked their careers and it did not. That whole SNL thing was like unfortunate. It's stupid. Yeah. But like, come on, you mean to tell me all these, everybody's on here isn't using like backing tracks or whatever which is like i get it it's fine like who cares but i mean at the end of the day it's like look she ended up with pete wins are they are they still together or is that done uh i don't know i do google wicka wicka what wikipedia that's right uh um so she and pete got divorced in 2011 she is now oh. married to evan ross that name sounds familiar uh, he's in ATL. Wait, Diana Ross's son? Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah, they got married in 2014 and are still married. To this day. To this day! <laughs> uh, Incubus Drive is number 25. Yeah. It was the Iris thing where, like, okay, a band that's not in a certain style does a, a song that's in a certain style and it's very popular. And they spend pretty much their entire career chasing that dragon. And that sucks because previous Incubus is so much better. It's so good. And even this album was really good. But this single just kind of like, because if anybody who heard the song on like alternative radio went and listened to the rest of the album, I don't think it'd be super off-putting, but it's definitely not this. Yeah. Because Morning View was this. And it was fine. I have nothing to say about Pink other than she's wonderful and I will hear no slander. Nope. Um, I love this album. Love her. Love this iteration of her. Mm-hmm. Um, we had talked at one point about having Eileen on the show and talking about Pink, and I still think that's a thing that we should do. No, that's definitely still happening. And I love how we're saying all this, just so y'all get excited and we also remember things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the list is really big of episodes. Like... We're not running out of stuff anytime soon, so sometimes we have to refresh our brains. Right? It's like, we're just going to keep adding to the list, and we're not falling off because uh, we are not...
Um, <laughs> so we win? Oh, absolutely. We've been winning shit. No, stop. <laughs> um, the next song and band. I fucking hate Train, y'all. I'm sorry. Like, I get okay. it. No, okay, hold so- up. <laughs> hold up. <laughs> no, talk your shit. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So, Drops of Jupiter is a song. I get that shit. Um, the only part of that song that's good is the violins, which has nothing to do with stupid homeboy McDouchison. Um, <laughs> I fucking hate Train. I'm sorry if if you dig on this shit. He just is so... He just comes off as so pompous and... Oh, I hate him so much. Um, he, okay, I just want- <laughs> he also has big, ha- probably sells an NFT. Oh, absolutely. Because I know he was he was big on that like celebrity winery shit for a while. Hey, remember when the dude from Tool had the winery and there's like a whole documentary about it? That sounds rad, actually. <laughs> it's actually really cool. I'm sorry. I, I know I said that to be like, oh, take that. Take that. But- but at the same time, he looks like a dude who enjoys a fine line. It's like, yeah. well, I know, I don't know where the pieces fit, but I know where the grapes fit. That's right. <laughs> that was terrible. That's a <laughs> that's that is it. a stepdad joke. Please, I'm Ashley. I'm I'm becoming <laughs> that guy now. Help me, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no, but you're right. But at the same time, there are some train songs I do like. I was I did like Meet Virginia, and I'm going to defend. Defend to the death, tooth and nail. Not even Murph can stop me. I will defend the song they did for Spider-Man 2. Ordinary, I love that shit. Now, it's also I... Spider-Man, because Spider-Man took a lot of artists whom maybe I didn't really fuck with at the time. Because, uh-huh. like, Chad Kroger and Julie Scott, even though I... Actually, you know what? I fucked with Saliva. Who am I kidding? But, like, <laughs> come on. Like, that... Click, click, boom. Come on, come with the new style. You know, it's Buck Wild. That's right. Oh, God. And you're not going to hear any crying-ass bitching from him like everybody else did. <laughs> His parents weren't perfect, Ashley. Listen to the man. He, he's Literally, anytime a white man says Buck Wild, I just want to die. Do you think Josie Scott has uh, NFT energy? We should probably stop saying that because we're going to get mad crypto people after us. I was going to say, he's got more like cryptocurrency. He's a, he's a Bitcoin bro for sure. Saliva coin? Yeah. That's right. No, click, click coin. There you go. Click, click coin. <laughs> oh my God. What is wrong with us? Uh, nothing. We're great. Uh, perfect in every way. No notes. Uh, <laughs> the next song is not just a song. It was a movement. I love Meredith Brooks. I'm so sad that she didn't really see much mainstream success after this song because bitch fucking rules. What was the other track she had that was also kind of rad? Um, she had... Because there was another single, and I was trying to remember it, and I couldn't think of enough to Google it. I want to say it was, like, Wishing I Was There. Yes, that's it. No, wait. That was Natalie Bruglia. Okay, different. I'm mixing up my ladies here. This is not helpful. Wikipedia is not helpful. I like the song. (laughs) Oh, okay. This says the next single was called I Need. Yeah, I don't right. think that was it. I may have gotten her confused with somebody else. I mean, I just, I literally just did, so. But it looks like she did put out a few more albums, but uh, it looks like the last one came out in 2007, so. It's still a song that, like, is referenced in pop culture today. Yes. And for it to be over 20 years old, almost 25 years old. My God. Um, yeah, we're old. It's fine. Uh, no, it definitely is 25 because we just did Turbo. Wait a minute. I just thought about this for a second. While Turbo was happening, Meredith Brooks is ripping up the charts. <laughs> Both things happened at the same time. That's wild. Meanwhile, like Sugar Ray's Flies, like that's a huge summer hit. <sighs> Batman and Robin was the same goddamn summer. <laughs> what are we doing? So oh, while man. 
while Tommy is getting beat up by his ex. Kimberly could have been singing this. Okay, someone out there who loves us enough and has a lot of free time, I would love a supercut of Kimberly beating the ever-loving shit out of the Power Rangers set to this song. Hell yeah. (laughs) I may just do it myself, honestly, because I need that in my life. (laughs) There you go. Meredith Brooks energy. That's, that's, I'm, I'm coining that one right now. Hell yeah. Uh, next is Howie Day. The fuck is Howie Day? You know this song. Do I? Actually, yes. I, I intended to say I did not. <laughs> you, it, this is one of those songs that, like, if you heard it, you know it. They list it as, like, the precursor to the Had a Bad Day guy and James Blunt in the fray. Wait, so Howie Day's not in the fray? That's not the name of the dude? No. Oh, so he does not know how to save life. Okay, that's right. No, he does I'm not. I'm sorry. This has like mad Loki. <laughs> I've never met this man in my life energy. <laughs> You've definitely heard this song. I like this song. It's a guy feeling his feelings in a melancholy, slow kind of way. You know, acoustic guitar sorted shit. So I like it. Fine with it. Um, next is Eagle Eye Cherry. Safe tonight. Most of the songs we covered are lower than this, which is not okay. Yeah, I like this song a lot. It's one of those where I think I like it more now than I did hearing it too many times back in the 90s. It's a damn good song. Yeah. Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. I'm almost tempted to not say anything only because... um. This could be another podcast, because uh, this song came up for you and I recently. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that at all, or do you think we should save that for when we talk about that thing? We'll save it for when we talk about that thing. Okay, because it's so good. It's so yes. good. I will say this, though. Third Eye Blind is so good. They're one of those bands where, like, if you just know the singles, like, you don't know them at all. Not <laughs> at all. You really don't. I mean, those, don't get me wrong, those singles are bangers, but this is up there with Fastball with, honestly, some of the best, like, late 90s or 2000s rock. Yeah. For a really long time, I would say that Motorcycle Drive-By was my favorite song in existence. Oh, see, I fucked with Graduate heavily. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it turns out we're both sad. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it only took us 30-something episodes to figure it out. <laughs> can confirm sadness um the next one makes me sad i yeah and we actually had talked about stacy's mom on a previous episode yeah i think it's the one that i'm editing right now actually <laughs> and it's, um, it also came up on one that we had talked about previously because i was listening to us discuss this on a, like one that i had re-listened to because Yes, I do re-listen to our old episodes. Don't, whatever, no, y'all. No, Don't judge no, me. No judgment. Because, like, apparently you, you can make stuff, but you're not allowed to, like, experience it. But I was like, it's the large damn it. I think we're amusing. <laughs> this song makes me sad for a couple of reasons. One, again, New Jersey royalty. Yeah. The Fountains of Wayne as, like, an actual, like, institution is huge in, in like, Northeast. Yeah. That was a place we went to like every Christmas because they always had these killer displays. Like it was a big deal. And discovering that there was a band, great power pop and alternative rock. One of the best to ever do it, honestly. And not even just locally. But I'm still, and at the risk of being super gatekeepy, and I'm sorry for that, I feel like they deserve better than this song. A thousand percent. Like I hate that. This is what everyone knows them for. It's not so much that, but I just wish that it had opened more doors for them. Yeah. Because, you know, they never lost fans or anything like that. But I feel like as like a a mass audience, I guess I should say, this should have been a gateway into discovering so much more about them. I can't believe we even lost Adam Schlesinger. Like that shit fucked me up really bad. Yeah. Not even just for Fountains of Wayne, but the songwriting credits are prolific as hell. Yeah. And to lose, it's... Okay, this sounds like it's fucked up when any it's fucked up no, it's fucked up when anybody dies. Um it's that's always sad, but like to lose somebody that talented, it hits a little harder. So Jason Raz is pretty cool as far as I know, unless he did something else. Is he also writing with Kevin Spacey? <laughs> 
No, uh, from what I know, uh, Jason Mraz has a restaurant in LA where it's one of those where like you can go in and uh, like eat for labor, essentially. Like you go in, you can like work there for a little bit and get food. Hmm. He's like a dirty freegan, basically. <laughs> nice. Yeah. If I didn't know that about him, I would I would say that he has big NFT energy, but I know he's like he's a big environmentalist guy. So Okay, correction. The remedy though The song was a moment. I can't really speak to anything else that he did. I know there was this song and that um I wanna say banana pancakes, but it's not that's not him, that's Jack Johnson. Um what was the other song with the ukulele? His oh. like the the biggest fucking that like love song that he did. Yes. Um shit. I know that one. I think it was even on that same album. I'm yours. There you go. I don't remember that being a title, but I believe you. <laughs> Thanks, Google. I know like those two songs, but to be perfectly honest, I haven't really delved into anything else that he did. Neither did I. Looks like he's still rocking the hat though. So was he kinda like our generation's Christopher Cross? <laughs> Sailing. Um I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm throwing it out there. I don't know what's going on underneath that hat. That's all I'm saying. So you know how like we were just saying last episode how there was gonna be that battle between Spirit Room and um Hotel Paper? Uh-huh. I wanna have a battle of the Cheryl Crow eras. Because I know you fuck heavily with like beachy Cheryl Crow. I don't I fuck heavily with jazzy Cheryl Crow. Oh, okay. Who did I then who did I have that discussion with? I could have sort of somebody I know who was huge on like Soak Up the Sun Cheryl Crow. Cause me, like I like bluesy Cheryl Crow, but I also yeah. like slightly angrier alt rock Cheryl Crow. Yes. I get that, that era at first was like, whoa, but then I'm like, I'm here for it. Like yeah. if it makes you happy, Cheryl Crow? Yes. I'm like, God damn, who like who did this? Like, and we talked about <laughs> who, this before. Who, who are these songs about where it's like, you fucked up bad enough where you pissed off Cheryl Crow? Right. Where she was just like, hey, I'm here with my blues guitar. I'm going to be at this like, you know, cool little bar or this coffee shop. I'm going to tell you fun stories about my life and whatever. And the little anecdotes in between. We're going to have some fun. Next time you're like, oh, that was a really great show. Oh, she's playing next week. She comes back in and it's just like heavy mascara. She's bonded. She's just like, you pieces of shit. Right. <laughs> screaming. <laughs> screaming if it makes you happy. If one of you out there is the, the one that, like, I will find you. Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to put hands. I'm going to write these songs and you're going to be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> It's Dave like, Cool. It's Dave Coulier again. <laughs> oh no, he's at it again. No, Dave Coulier would definitely fucking be in some fucking NFT shit. Oh, that's definitely a thing, right? That's got to be a thing. And he probably has his like his ape dressed up like Ranger Joe. Oh god, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks. That that's definitely a thing. No, like Beachy Cheryl Crow's fine. Uh. <laughs> It's so inoffensive and kind of blah that I don't really have much to say about it other than, like, I prefer earlier Cheryl Crow. Same. She soaks up the sun. That's fine. Um, Next is Maroon 5. I have such a love-hate relationship with Maroon 5 because every time I go to talk shit about, like, Adam Levine, one of the songs comes on and I'm like, fuck, I actually like Maroon 5 a lot. So I made the joke earlier about Gavin DeGraw and, and NFTs and... If I didn't know that they had NFTs, Adam Levine would be my NFT man. But I can confirm, because you and I found them online together, that Maroon 5 does, in fact, dabble in NFTs. So, that sucks. <laughs> this Love is a great song, though. It is. Like I said, they, make, they, they write a good song. And I can't take that away from them. Have you heard, and I know you probably haven't because I know that's not your bag, the mashup of uh, Slipknot's uh, Before I Forget and Moon 5's Harder to Breathe? Um, no. How does it work? It is amazing because it's basically Slipknot vocals with 
like harder to breathe instrumentation because Corey Taylor, like that's definitely one of the more melodic Slipknot songs. Like that was one of like the big singles that was like very big on like rock radio. Mm-hmm. Corey Taylor has a great singing voice. Yeah. But there is an alternate universe where Slipknot went more into like groove metal. Mm-hmm. Because any of those mashups, like, I'm like, I almost want that to be an official thing. <laughs> like, I want <laughs> Corey Taylor thing. to, like, hang out with Moon 5. And, like, he and Adam, like, they write an album together. And it's like, you could turn up in the pit or you could be at your aunt's brunch. <laughs> and I think that's been my main complaint about Maroon 5 is that, like, this first album was was really good. And it feels like they've just been, like, very lazily sort of regurgitating mid pop shit ever since though like i said some of that later pop stuff in the right mood I, i'm totally here for it also adam levine seems like a top tier douchebag yeah but you know what though at the same time there's people who at least have not had the success they've had who still puff out their chest in the adam levine way and it doesn't work but it's like at least it's like look you have plenty to brag yeah. about though so you know uh, you know uh, i'll take it <laughs> Fair enough. I'm trying so hard to not like bash them knowing full well that I listen to them because someone could be like, weren't you just jamming to them before? <laughs> so to keep that from happening to me, I am treading very lightly. Fair enough. I'm always fucking Moon 5 because trust me, there have been many times you and I have been committing virtual crimes on GTA <laughs> and moves like Jagger come on and I have turned up my TV. <laughs> it's mainly Billy's fault, honestly. Shout out to Billy. <laughs> Um, we talked about the calling earlier. Uh, they're great. I still can't believe this song came out in 2001. I still feel like this is not true. This is like a second new radical single that did not exist. <laughs> this clearly happened much more recent, and by much more recent, I meant like 2004. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually really liked their follow up single. Uh, it was called Adrian. Hey, actually, <laughs> uh, spelled a little different oh. about about a nice lady. Um, <laughs> I could be a nice lady. I don't have a song about me. I mean, if that's how you identify, that's fine with me. I don't have any songs made after me. I got like Rocky references. <laughs> that's true. That, that I mean, that kind of sucks. Um, but the calling man, this song was everywhere. It still is. <laughs> it's wherever you will go. and it's totally fine it's it's pretty good it's one of those where like if you remove the nostalgia goggles it's probably not the greatest song in the world it's not doing anything that new or that exciting it's weird like the music video is weird mostly in that you're you're hearing this kind of like big boy voice come out of this kid who looks like he's about 17 years old yeah, because I didn't know what he looked like until much later. I'm like, there's no way. This, yeah. is, this is lip syncing because he <laughs> looks like a high. Pl- he sounds like he should be like a high plains drifter or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next song is Closing Time. This song, this song should be like number four on this list. Okay, hot take. No, not hot. It's like lukewarm, you know, just blowing it a little bit and it'll cool down. Not my favorite semi-sonic song. I feel like this is inferior to Singing to Me in My Sleep. I don't know that I've ever heard that song. I gotta be honest, they're a band that I didn't really dabble in outside of this song. I liked semi-sonic, but if I had a choice between getting like a billion dollars, but I would have to listen to Closing Time every day, I would just stay broke. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) <laughs> it's a nice song. It's fine. It's, you know, it's harmless. It's not hurting anybody's feelings. And it's it's a very simple, catchy pop song or rock song, whatever, that clearly had legs. And it was like one of the like, biggest singles, if not the biggest single. Yeah. But it just, it does nothing for me. Like, it was one of those songs that if I hear it someplace or do it at like karaoke or something and be like, hey, everybody be like, yeah, closing time. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a fun time. But like, I'm not sitting at home playing KOTOR, listening to <laughs> closing time. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Hey, you want to talk about my Thursday nights? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, we can move on. Um, I don't really like this next song that much. Tal Bachman, She's So High. 
Oh, shut the front and back and side doors and, and also the door to the basement. Like this song, to me, the song is is very fine. It's so bad, but it's so good. Yeah. If you really break it down, it's not a good song. But No. But this is that song next to like, okay, so in our romantic comedy movie, like remember how like we had that whole thing about Spin Doctors where it sounds like a song that would play in a trailer for like a romantic comedy like in the 90s? Yeah. Um, that same thing, but Simi Charm Life's like from Touchstone Pictures, like, you know. <laughs> yes. She's so high would definitely play during like the ending credits once they get together. <laughs> it just has that vibe and I don't know, it's so dumb, but it's it's also really good. I also just went on record saying that I like the song more than closing time, so I'm sorry. For the five people who are still listening to us after the Power Rangers, I lost you. It's my fault. <laughs> Murph is going to be here soon anyway, so it's okay. Just just get, bear with me to this list. <laughs> I feel like this song has Hey Leonardo energy. <laughs> yes. Uh, A thousand times yes. Um, the song has Hey Leonardo energy, but I like I prefer Hey Leonardo. So that's fine. They're, but they're like cousins. So. Um, Sixpence None the Richer is next. I don't know. It's so weird because there was a time where you could not escape them. Nope. And they went on to do nothing else. Because it was like, okay, those Kiss Me, there was their cover, there she goes. Mm-hmm. There wasn't there another song that was pretty big by them? Um, if there was, I don't know it. Oh, I know what it was. It was their, okay, I'm sorry. Because I when you said Six Pins Under Richard, I got angry. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out why I was angry because it wasn't their cover. There she goes, which I honestly feel like it's good. is superior to the original version. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think it's good. Um, I think her voice is a little better. Well, I was gonna give them high praise for that, but then I realized why I was upset because I was recalling their cover of "Don't Dream It's Over." Oh, because that song was huge. That was one of my staples of my childhood growing up. That song went hard in our household. <laughs> and hearing this lightly toasted, just banal yeah. oatmeal with no honey or anything in it, just <laughs> it's just bland. It's like roasting a turkey and you've only put salt on it. <laughs> yeah. It's like drinking like an extra large coffee ready to start your day only to find out that someone accidentally put it's all decaf it's decaf <laughs> like it's just uh it's an inconvenience <laughs> that song has legit weezer africa vibes oh my it God. does nothing and i'm saying that on the record it's like you gilmore girls the hell out of that song <laughs> like no thank you add that to the glossary <laughs> Um, next is Matchbox 20. That's a whole other podcast. My dude, Rob Thomas. For a very long time, every time we would take a road trip somewhere, because, like, we basically lived, like, four hours from each set of grandparents. Every time we would road trip, the only music that, like, my mom and, and I and my brother could agree on was this Matchbox 20 CD with 3 a.m. on it and the Beatles. <laughs> So I've listened to more Matchbox 20 than I probably should have as a, you know, eight-year-old at the time. But I love this song. That album is, yourself or someone like you, is stacked. Yeah, it's, it's got like, I'm not exaggerating when I say it, it like, it's got like six singles on it. They're all good. The Real World, Back to Good, 3AM, like Push, like come on, y'all. It's weird that they didn't continue to do more stuff. They had a pretty good run. And when they came out, they seemed like they were going to be one of those bands to like do a sort of similar like U2 where they would just like make music in perpetuity. And that didn't happen. And his solo career didn't really pan out, I think, the way that he wanted it to. And then they just kind of stopped being a thing. Didn't they reunite or something like that? Probably. That checks out. It's the, you know, 20-year nostalgia. But I think we can agree. A lot of these songs, a lot of these bands should have been more of a thing. But I feel like this era 
and it's not the music's fault, which is something I feel like we're going to get into in a later episode. It wasn't mm-hmm. the music's fault that we treated everything so disposable. Yeah. Treated everything as disposable, rather. Because a lot of these artists were, there wasn't anything inherently wrong with them. But so much stuff got discarded for no reason other than just the fact that we could. Because it's like, all right, cool, what's next? Well, and I think, <laughs> I hate to blame it all on 9-11, but, but I think a lot of these bands kind of suffered from that intense sort of culture shift that happened after that, where everything got, you know, grim dark and, and all feelingsy. So, I don't know. Uh, there's more John Mayer next. I don't want to talk about John Mayer anymore. That dude sucks. Um, I want to talk about Vanessa Carlton. Who's <laughs> after that? She's at number eight. I understand that this song has been like memefied to death and like, you know, white chicks is a whole thing. I don't care what anybody says. The song still slaps in the year of our Lord, 2022. The video's cool. She's a cute little girl. Love it. No notes. The next band. When we have our, our adult alternative episode, uh, we'll definitely talk more about these guys because I love them with my whole heart. Next is, um, at number seven is Vertical Horizon, Everything You Want. The song is so good. <laughs> this song, this album, this went brazy. Like, this went hard. Uh-huh. And I couldn't tell you what other song other than this and, like, I'm a God, but in that video because it's like you look at this dude and you think he'd be like in a new metal band yeah correction it was you're a god somebody was a god in that song whatever <laughs> yeah um and number six is third eye blind never let you go that song fine all you wanted quintessential michelle branch yes just yeah again an episode yeah love her look forward to talking more about that at a later date I'm shocked that Slide, because you called it, Slide being on this list higher than Iris feels wrong, but... (laughs) It does, but at the same time, like, Slide was also everywhere. Yeah, but Iris win, bro, like... Yeah, right. (laughs) But you're right, Slide was also everywhere. That's This album, and now I understand why Google Dolls phoned in it after this, because, like, where do you go? <laughs> what's your what's your next big push? Because they emptied the whole canister. Like there's nothing left in the tank. They drove that thing till the wheels literally fell off. Yeah, now they're driving it to state fairs every summer. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> you know them, right? And they're they're playing all this crap and then Everybody leaves when they're like, no, we're going to play a new one. And it's like, yeah, no one cares. <laughs> no, I never said you're wrong. I never disagreed. I'm just saying that it just hurts to hear out loud. I, I know. And that's because meanwhile, I'm there, visibly drunk, screaming, yeah. play name. <laughs> play naked. <laughs> Remember when the other guy in your band used to sing songs too? Yeah. No? Is no? he still here? Is he gone? Oh, never mind. Sorry, I didn't realize he had... Oh, he's eating ribs right now. All right. <laughs> he's at the table with me eating fried Oreos. Right? It's like, yo, where's the rest of your band? They're all hanging out. Like, <laughs> like, I don't need them. I got an acoustic guitar. I'll play fucking... I, what is the name of this song? What did I do? Why are we... Why is Johnny Resnick so, like, bitter and angry in this version? <laughs> I was a fucking... I should have been in that movie with Meg Ryan. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, uh, Nicolas Cage is pretty wooden in that movie, so he might have done a better job. Well, look, spoiler alert, he was never that wooden ever again. Because <laughs> he heard all of your complaints being like, he's showing no emotion. Now he's showing all the emotion, so yeah. good on y'all. Good good job you fixed it, question mark? Oh, he totally did. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I want that energy, the whatever. I'm just going to go for it. Just the reason why I love him and Keanu Reeves. Like, you know what? They just go for it. It's like, fuck it. It's, this is acting. <laughs> why am I just going to be like, hi, let me read these lines. No, do the absolute most. Leave your fucking mark, y'all. But that's just him in life. Like, do you remember during lockdown, there were pictures of him, like, 
he he was masked up doing something and he had like a pink jean jacket on. Yes, with the sequin Superman logo with the patches. Yeah. That was the vibe. I like that was such a mood of just a shit. Like, and he just wore it with such confidence. Right. And everybody was cracking on him, but I'm like, no, get on that level, y'all. <laughs> like, just give no fucks. I mean, granted, we also don't have the money to get on that level, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> but at the same time, like, it's that energy of just like, look, at this point, they're going to say what they say. They're going to do what I do. I'm going to do what I do. I'm not changing, you know? I appreciate it. It's refreshing. It is. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's like a ginger ale where it's like, you know, I didn't really necessarily know I wanted this, but it's pretty crisp. <laughs> I actually asked for a cherry Coke, but the waiter fucked up my order. Yeah. Now I have a Fresca and I'm not mad about it. Oh, Speaking of late 90s, at the time when I was listening to most of these songs, I my blood is mostly Fresca. <laughs> That's because it's delicious. Right? It's fucking life-changing. This show is not brought to you by Fresca, by the way. They are not a sponsor. But they, they could be. Hit us up. Drop that <laughs> truck. <laughs> Just dump a bunch of Fresca in our driveways. That's right. Or front doors. Don't worry about the safety issues. Don't worry about how we're going to clean it all up. My neighbors will figure it out. <laughs> like, hey, you get some free fresca. So That's right. like, we can make this all go away in the interest of uh, refreshment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we got three songs left. We could do this. Uh, Story of a Girl is cool, but not does not deserve to be as hot. Like, we passed a fastball. Vanessa Carlton, um, Michelle Branch, like Liz Fair, Jewel. Like, we passed up so many. And this song was fine. And it was really fun. I liked it a lot. But does it deserve to be number three? This song was everywhere, though. Oh, it was. But so was Vertical Horizon. So was, Eh, you know. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. And also, they took off Sarah McClock, and I'm still mad about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did i tell you i saw her in concert in high school what and you didn't invite me well i mean it, yeah um <laughs> don't worry about how you didn't know me then <laughs> that's not the point you're supposed to ask me actually i am hurt no it was actually a, a weirdly sweet situation where like i didn't really like i didn't really want to go at all but i went with a girl that i was in choir with because she was like i want to go to my first concert but i'm scared to go to a punk show because they're gonna beat me up or whatever and i'm like i will go with you to a show pick a show and that's what she picked (laughs) Uh uh-huh so i just imagine the two of you like moshing during like sweet surrender (laughs) it was actually pretty good especially since like I, I dabbled in Sarah McLaughlin, but I didn't know a ton of her stuff. So there was a lot of it where I'm like, oh, my God, this is very uh, soothing to the point where I would like to take a nap. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Avril Lavigne's next. Avril Lavigne feels weird on this list. I'm not going to lie to you. It does, but it doesn't. This is the thing, and maybe I'm misremembering because this is also at a time when this is like stuff's coming out that I'm still not comfortable enough to admit that I even liked. Mm-hmm. I think Skater Boy was like, that's the song we kind of mostly talk about, but not realizing a good chunk of the album was not that. Yeah. It was a lot more, dare I say, adult alternative. I think the kind of pop punkish Avril came later. Well, I think that's what they marketed her so heavily as this, like, she's cool. She's got ties and, and wife beaters and, and look at her eyeliner. It's all over the place. She's so metal and shit and cool. And then like half of her songs were like, I'm singing a ballad or like I'm singing a dorky song that sounds like a 13 year old wrote it. Like not, not a hateful way, just like kind of cheesy. (laughs) It was a weird dichotomy and I didn't know always how to make heads or tails of Avril. And maybe that was sort of the point that it didn't matter. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that now as an adult, but I mean, at the time I was very confused as to, because I'm still just trying to put it in like this very simple, like this is me personally, I'm just saying. I didn't know really how to put it. So it's like some songs I like, some songs I didn't like. And that's even with the new album where it's like, there's some stuff I rock with, some of it I don't, but again, that's art. So yeah. Uh, Lifehouse is number one. I disagree, but also agree. 
yeah, I, I, I get why it's, I get it. I do. Um, I don't, it seems anticlimactic. It does. And maybe that's just you and I personally, but this song has freaking legs. It, it's wild. Like it has, since the song came out, it has not left rotation of most like radio stations. It's true. I mean, this is almost why, like, I wish that people who wrote these songs and performed them definitely got, like, better deals. Because if I was able to finesse the shit out of writing something like this, <laughs> and I knew that this song would have longevity, if I could say to myself, because of Hanging By A Moment, I never worked another day in my life. And I'm eating, like, shrimp that are encased in gold, breaking my teeth. I'm that, like, screw you rich. <laughs> You got M- MC Hammer Gold Toilets kind of deal. My PS5 is made out of vibranium. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work to specs that way. Well, like, Shuri was like, look, I, you know, I could make this, but the vibranium's not really going to, like, I mean, we're, we're brilliant. Like, we are genius, like, beyond genius. But I don't think this is going to work. And I'm like, I don't care. Just money is no object. We're like, right, okay. just do it. <laughs> Just, this is what I asked. Just do it. It's fine. And of course, it was one of those songs that he wrote in a few minutes. It was one of those, like, I wrote it in 15 minutes. Whatever. Which is remarkable. Isn't that kind of indicative of a lot of things? And I don't know if you've had this in anything you've ever created. And it doesn't even have to be music, because I'm not a songwriter. Right. But those things that you do almost like a throwaway like i wasn't expecting much from this just end up going further than the things that you sit down and toil over i wonder if it's just because it like you've got less time to sort of sit there and nitpick it and a lot of it could also be good timing and that's a lot of things like there's right place right time it's a really good song now of course you and i talk about this as far as how we rank it are always different but it's a good one though yeah but they also put slide above Iris, which again, I it sounds right in my head, but it doesn't feel right. Um oh, we should ask Murph. What would Murph pick as number one? <laughs> Murph doesn't know. He was born today. <laughs> oh wait, it's a, it's after midnight. Murph was born yesterday. <laughs> oh, Okay, I'm scrolling through here and I'm trying to decide like okay, I don't I don't love that Lifehouse is number 1. What would I put as number 1? I want to put Fastball, but I know that's not the right answer. I would maybe put and it's one of the songs that was probably going to be controversial, but I would put Santana's Smooth on there. I'm I would argue that may be a number 1. That song was everywhere. That album especially. mm mm-hmm. Mhm was huge and shout out to at least after already what 30 years at that point yeah like (laughs) me (laughs) (laughs) well and like it it introduced santana's music to a literal whole new generation of people Mm -hmm. like yeah i knew some of his older stuff because like i have grandparents (laughs) not to be shitty but like i have grandparents so like which is weird that you say you have grandparents. I had parents. Like, my parents fucked with, like, you know, Oye Komova, like, right. a black magic woman. Like, that, very heavy in our household. So by the time Smooth happens, it's like, it almost was like, oh, cool. Like, he's it, this was just a fun project. Like, he kind of just did to just collaborate with some people who were... Who he thought were neat. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, it was like, you would have thought that this dude, because it's like, oh, Rob Thomas, who's this dude on the guitar? I'm like, who's the dude on the guitar? And that, that was the thing that was so cool, was like, for my grandfather, it was my grandfather's way of finding these new artists, because he was like, who the fuck is Chad Kroger or whatever? Um, <laughs> not that that's the, the best example, but you know, who the, who the fuck is Rob Thomas or whatever? And it, meanwhile, it's me being like, you don't know who Rob Thomas is? Like, that's Matchbox 20. Who the fuck is this guitar playing dude behind him? And then we both yell at each other for not knowing each other's shit. I almost feel like maybe that's secretly why some of those songs are taken off. Because if they were on this list, they would have dominated. Yeah. They were, dare I say, nerfed. <laughs> Murph. And that's all I'm saying for the rest of the show. Um, that's that's it. I'm, well, other than what I'm saying right now. <laughs> um, 
So that's it. We did the list. We did it. We're here at the end. So you can find us online at multiple places. The handle is usually TLAT podcast. Don't get swallowed by a Murph or do that. If that's what you're into. (laughs) All right. We don't Murph shame here. No, no Murph shaming. Murph is for everyone. That's right. Murph is love. Murph is life. Praise Murph. (laughs) I'll praise Murph. Good night, y'all. Good night. I was walking with the This is not helpful. Wikipedia is not helpful.